Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Athletic. This is the best club in the world. Don't care what other people do. Liverpool are closing in on victory, but there's a lot of work between them and winning it. And they're not winning this one yet because Leandro Trossard has turned the ball home and has a hat-trick. Brighton are level. We were not sitting deep, we were not attacking high, we were somewhere in between. And that's how they got their moments. I don't know how many situations today I saw today where they, the, the offensive players could just turn between the lines. Horrendous, really horrible. To watch. Well, Jurgen admits Liverpool were just horrible to watch against Brighton. He's not wrong, is he? A clean sheet is almost impossible to buy at the moment. There's nothing convincing about this once well-oiled machine. So, with confidence hit, how does the manager get a reaction against Rangers in the Champions League? If you're not already subscribing to The Athletic, you can read all of the articles on Liverpool, everything on the site. If you head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod, and there's a special price of a pound a month for six months. So head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. I'm Steve Hothersall with the Red Agenda, joined by Andy Jones and the mirror writer David Anderson. And uh, the international break, Andy, was meant to initiate the reset that we'd all been waiting for, but absolutely nothing seems to have changed. No, exactly. The podcast we did, I think, during it, that I was on, we, we sort of spoke about this being, well, that that sort of long break, longer than, than expected um, because of, of circumstances. Sort of being a really good chance to, to sort of press that reset button, take a step back, sort of assess what's gone wrong and then look to sort of fix it. And then you watch that first 20 minutes and it was probably worse than anything we'd seen you know, before that, and, and that includes the Napoli game, which I didn't think it could have got much worse than that. But that 20 minutes definitely gave it a run for his money because Liverpool just looked so underprepared for, for Brighton. And I know Klopp spoke afterwards and sort of said it was a surprise how they set up and they did have a new manager. And, and, and I understand that, but equally, surely the, you can't look that underprepared for any team, really, because Brighton were just able to, to basically do what they wanted on the pitch and, and sort of just took Liverpool apart. and. Liverpool should probably have been 4-0 down in that first 20 minutes, given the chances that Brighton created. They obviously scored the two goals, and Danny Welbeck has a really good you know, free header from eight yards out or so, and, and Trossard forces Alisson into a great save. And It was just it was, it was was crazy watching it, considering you know how much emphasis has been put on this month, and you know, this is, it's seen as this you know, defining month, and Liverpool needed to get off to a, a strong start on the front foot, and well, it looked like the players were still on that international break and hadn't hadn't clicked into gear and Brighton took full advantage of that. You're desperate to be positive, aren't you? You don't want to sort of put the negatives out there, but you've got to be realistic at the same time, David. And I'm just wondering, do you feel, it, is, this, is this an element of the worst setbacks that the players have had to face under the manager in his time at Liverpool? It probably is, because we always go back to that period in the 2021 20, season where it all fell apart, was it? 
start with that West Brom home game, just between Christmas and New Year. And of course, then they had that awful run at Anfield. It was just lose, lose, lose. And it took till what the Fulham defeat was at early March. And then they finally clicked in and they salvaged that season. And they actually got third. And, you know, it wasn't too bad. But you sort of look at this now. And, and you're actually, what really worries me about that, if, if you think that period lasted, what, two and a half-ish months, we're now basically the same period with into this season. If you go back to August the 6th, the start of the season, and, you know, I was October the 1st for that Brighton game. And you're not really seeing much of an upturn. Like, the only positive result, of course, was, was the Bournemouth. But, of course, we now know that Bournemouth's so bad that day, I think, uh, you know, I didn't want to thump them now. And, and you're right, you're just scratching around and saying, well, what, what is the positive? Where, where's, the, where's the upturn? And, you know, when you listen to what Jurgen said on, on Saturday after the match, you know, sort of words like, oh, yeah, yeah Brighton deserved a draw. And, like, you know, confidence is like a little flower and it can be easy like squash. And you're thinking, wow. These are the mentality monsters. These are the, this is the team that nothing's supposed to face, and this is the team that can overcome anything. And at the minute, they just can't. And it's all the basics, as you say. You know, you, you can't keep a clean sheet. You're conceding what nine nine times in the last eleven games. You're conceding the first goal. All these bad things always leaving yourself a mountain to climb. And then even on, on Saturday when they do do the comeback, they get it to three two. But I don't think anyone Anfield really thought right. That's it. Game over. Liverpool are going to win this now. There's sort of that sense of dread, and, and then it's. There are so many bad things from the past creeping back. And then when it goes to 3-3, a lot of Liverpool fans, well, that's it. The faith's gone. They don't believe that Liverpool can do one of the trademark comebacks. They start leaving. And all of a sudden you start thinking, wow, we're almost back where, where Liverpool were in, you know, in Jürgen's early days, sort of 2016-17, where they were sort of like, you know, struggling to win games. Like, you know, I think Dom King in his meal piece, they cited, uh, you know, the, the Palace game when they were losing two and they turned around, everyone's leaving with, you know, minutes to go. And you, you, you sense that from among the fans, but there's just that lack of belief. Now, they, they don't sort of think, yeah, well, they're going to pull us more out of the fire and it's not there. And as you say, if, if the fans aren't confident and the players aren't confident, it's just, it's just a horrible combination. It's hard to know how we got to this point, isn't it? Andy, you've written a, a great piece looking at the weekend, analysing what's gone wrong. You've you identified two things in there, but I think a really significant part of that is you, you talk about the fact that emotion has always played a massive part in Jurgen Klopp teams. Yeah, it has. And, and having that confidence, and, and when Liverpool have been at their best, they've, they've tactically been very good, which is the other side of it. I mean, they, they weren't against Brighton for, and until they sort of eventually figured that out, but they were 2-0 down at that point. But it is, it's that confidence, that belief that has always sort of got them through. You look back to sort of those, I mean, they've sort of referenced it there. That You look back at the, especially the league winning campaign when they won so many games by sort of one goal margins, but they were able to, you know, manage these those games and, and look comfortable, even though the scoreline wasn't particularly, you know, comfortable. But on this occasion and, and at the moment, they look a shell of that. They look so... Under, it looks like the pressure's getting to them. It looks like they're carrying a, a weight on the shoulders. That they, because they know they're better than this. This is the thing, and and the problem is, is that every setback and there seems to be a setback once every game at least. You know, the, the worst possible start on Saturday, for example, and you just you did feel, as Dave said, you felt that there wasn't that confidence that when they got three two up, it was almost like, oh no. <laughs> What's gonna go? What's gonna go wrong next? I think, and it feels like that's we're at that point where you, you sort of that even the players might be constantly thinking about what's gonna go wrong rather than right how how do we solve these problems and and that's what it, you know that that type of emotion that it's a massive part because if you don't have the belief you know you can have all you know you have the best tactics in the world but if you don't believe in yourselves and you, and you aren't confident enough to see out games or you know, take go on the front foot and take the lead in the first place. 
which Liverpool seem to have lost the ability to do as well. It's just a recipe for, for disaster, really. And, and it's very difficult because if you're getting it wrong tactically, which they did against Brighton to start off the game, and then you're you're on the back foot, it's difficult to to build that confidence in any way. And, and the Ajax game was... I think the one of the frustrating things is the fact that the Ajax game was seen as a really... Well, it was sort of seen as a big moment or a potential big moment in the season. The late goal, the performance was generally pretty good. Liverpool looked like Liverpool again, if you like. But then they had a huge break and any momentum that they could have taken from that, you know, dissipated because you had everyone jetting off across the world and, you know, what, a three-week break, basically. And you come back and it's basically new. It's not... They weren't able to build off that and, and that hasn't helped either. We've had a few of those potential big moments that have never sort of led on to the resurgence that we're hoping for, David. Now, when we, we were planning this pod and we were talking sort of collectively about what we thought was wrong, it was interesting, obviously, that the emotion element was one, but you brought up a different word. You said discipline. And you, you think there's a discipline issue there at the moment. Well, yeah, when I sort of mean discipline, I just mean in people maybe doing their jobs and sticking to the script because I can't believe what Jurgen Klopp tells the players to. I tell you what, let's start against Brighton and give them loads of space and let them run all over the place <laughs> and don't track their runs and don't track the markers. And, you know, again, they alluded to that. So you, you watch that first 20 minutes and you're sort of rubbing your eyes a little bit. Is, is that really Liverpool out there defending them? Because, you know, yes, Brighton started really well and they played some really nice football. They were doing the triangles. It was great passing moves and stuff. But, but Liverpool were so naive in what they were doing. Like, you know, you sort of look at that that sort of first goal and you're, you're struggling to believe that. Uh, is, it, is that the Liverpool's back line? You know, you see sort of Trent's header up in there and then Jordan sort of half going for the ball on the edge there and then sort of easy losing out for Fabinho sort of looking on and the ball then Trent again misses it and they score. And I think it's stuff like that there. And you just, you know, we just go back to that defensive solidity that Liverpool used to have. And it, it feeds into that aura they used to have too, where teams, you, well, we're not going to score against this lot because they're, they're the clean sheet kings. You know, Liverpool is honestly, they could, we could win a game 1 0. Whereas now teams look at them and think, we can get it this lot. You know, your aura's gone. Teams come down for you to think, we can get a result here today. They've seen everybody come. And it's not a coincidence. Like, if you think of now Palace and, you know, Newcastle really made it hard. You know, Brighton there on Saturday. Ajax made it, made it trouble for them. You know, they're not all suddenly become brilliant teams. It's just a sign of where Liverpool have slipped. And teams now come to Anfield and think, you know, we can get something here today. We will score. We know we can score because we know that defence is vulnerable. We know they've got problems. And I say that's what I mean by discipline. That's sort of like, like, like shape and solidity they used to have or like none shall pass. And it's a collective thing too. I know like Trent's been getting a lot of, you know, stick because of the England thing and people say, oh, look at him, you know, he didn't play well again on Saturday. But, you know, it was right along the back four. And like Alisson was superb. And if I had my friend, Liverpool would have lost maybe, you know, six, something like that there. You know, but, but certainly when you go along the back four, you look in the midfield and you're sort of scratching. Is anybody doing like... Bobby Firmino did very well on Saturday, but it's a real collective thing, and I'm I'm really bemused by it because normally you can attribute things, you can put your finger on it, you can say it's a hangover from last season. Was well, well, why should it be? Because they had previous setbacks and they've gone on to win Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues the following season. So, so what is it that's wrong? What why are these players who are you know world class who were fated and you know what you could talk about Salah there? You know what what what's happened to them collectively that it, it's almost like you know the Superman playing a kryptonite around their necks at the minute. It's just really hard to get your head around because they say we're now what two months just over two months of the season and it's still that sort of like a Ferrari then you, you've gone like out you put diesel in it and it's just boom, 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 you know going along like that then you think what is wrong why is this thing not performed we know this is a high performance vehicle but what have you done oh, I love this analogy high performance vehicle has got a bit wrong um 
It's, it's almost like Jürgen's message isn't getting through. And it, he alluded to that in the comments that he made after the game. I think his quote was, he said, I spoke to the boys in a similar way in which I spoke to you. So in other words, talking about how he spoke to the press. I don't know how many times I have to say we need a reaction. So Andy, it's almost like he's saying to them, I'm telling you again and again and again, and you're simply not picking up on this or reacting to it. Yeah, and I mean, even you sort of look at the the first two goals, and even though Liverpool were you know were caught out by Brighton tactically, the two goals weren't as a result of sort of those types of things. You, you look at them; it's it's a poor clearance from the first one, poor clearance from Trent. You don't react to the the sort of the ball at the edge of the area, and and the second one is you know Trent sort of tries to chest down a, a sort of long pass, long clearance, and, and gets caught out, and then Brighton work it from there, and. There's the sort of things that Klopp can't really control. You know, there's elements of you know the tactics and stuff like that which he, you know, he's in charge of. But you know, the the manager can't necessarily plan for for players just making, you know, silly mistakes that they've not made previously. And I imagine it is really frustrating for him in some aspects of it because Liverpool, the goals Liverpool concede are generally coming from sort of just mistakes and and little little things that players are doing and. And that they are difficult to control for the manager, but that's not obviously it's not to absolve him from, from any blame at all in this. But yeah, no, it's it's concerning that if your manager is continuing to ask for reactions and he's not getting it from the players, then it raises so many questions really as to why that's not the case. And because well, he'll be questioning himself over that as well, Jurgen. Yeah, exactly, and, and and it's you know how you know, the type of message that he's trying to get across. How how is he trying to get it across and and is it you know is it a case that so he's been with some of these players for a long time now and and it is you know sometimes you get to that point where the, the same type of message can suddenly not have the same effect and and it's 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 then you know he'll I'm sure he'll be looking at himself as, as the first thing of what can I do to make this different what can I do to change to try and get this reaction because the reaction usually we do see Liverpool react when they when they have a bad result usually we do see them come back and. You know, and string results together and, and go on these runs, but they look so far from that, and and that's clear, you know it's evidently a problem. That's the thing they've had, you know, this long break where you would expect them to have tried different ways, different methods to try and, you know, get the players back to the level of that, and and nothing seems to be working, and <laughs> when nothing's working, it's a uh, well, it's just it's it's not a good sign, is it? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. David, you, as you rightly said, it's not all Trent's fault, but he's, he's getting an awful lot of headlines. He had another pretty bad game. First half was, was really poor by his own standards and the worst possible time to put in that sort of display after the attention that had been on him over the, over the international break. Is it legitimate to think that he will refine confidence levels if you just leave him in the, in the side? Oh, oh yeah, he, he will come by. And as I say... Yeah, you're right. Trent did not have a great game on Saturday, but you just can't point the finger to him because if it was a simple case of Trent's not playing well, take him out, give him a rest, stick Gomez or 
you know, in it right back or whatever, and hey, Presto, everything's fixed. That would be Liverpool's problems, but it's, it's more than that. And do, do you do that for one game though? Well, look, look, Steve, the way that we're going, I think people will be have to be rotated now because it's, we're in this mad period between now and the World Cup where it's a game for Liverpool every, what, three or four days and you just can't play the same 11. He's going to have to make changes. He's got these Rangers games, Arsenal, City. He will make changes, so I think you will see personnel rotated, really. But I just don't think Trent's, you know, taking Trent out solves the problem. It's, 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 it's like a collective thing. I think what, what, what I find really worrying too is that you know, at the sort of start of the season, you, you, there were sort of injuries and, you know, they picked a lot up in pre-season. A lot of it was, oh, well, you know, get Jota back. You know, oh, look, Thiago's been injured against Fulham. That's really awful. That takes away the, the midfield creativity. Get him back, it'll be okay. And you sort of look at that team, you think, well, they're all back now. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. It's worse than ever, you know, and, th- and that means it's a, a collective malaise. It's a confidence thing. And it's very interesting when you look at the press. They don't press like they used to, and it's almost a confidence thing where... If you lack the confidence to be aggressive, to press up the field like you should do, then you sort of sit back because you're sort of, we'll play conservatively, we'll just sort of like, we'll, we'll pick them off at our own half type thing. But of course, because they don't press, they give Brighton and the opposition the confidence to sort of play through them and they're not even picking up the track. So it's, it's, it's almost like Liverpool have got the worst of every world at the minute, really. They're, they're, not, they're not pressing, which is sort of a, you know, a very key part of their attacking game and also defensive game. So they're giving teams opportunity to come at them. And then they're not defending well either when they are attacked. So teams are finding very easy to score against them so it's just I don't know I, I can see Jurgen's frustration because you're right he, he's saying the exact same things we're saying it's all blatantly obvious you know what I mean a blind man could see it really you know it, it's it's you know what are you doing that's what all the great things you used to do you're not doing them anymore what, what is it why, why why is it there and it sort of comes from this confidence thing and it's like you know you just it's such a fragile thing and it, it's interesting because there are such super athletes but I think what Roberto Martinez always should talk about with footballers you have you have, the, you have the athlete and then you've got the human being and, and the human being have got the sort of same frailties as any of us and sometimes if your confidence isn't there and if you're having that confidence within you to go out and do what you used to find instinctively then you play within yourself you be conservative you don't want to take the risk you play the square ball you, you, you quickly move possession along you don't want to sort of go forward and it, it just seems to be that really that, and, and, and you'll probably say well how can a team that good black confidence but well they, they clearly do because of all these setbacks it's Andy says just one thing after another then feeds into the other and you just go down 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 a great example of that it's maybe a small thing but it's, I think it's been really obvious to me when I've been watching Liverpool where are Virgil's 40 yard diagonal balls Andy he doesn't do it anymore it, it was almost a trademark of Liverpool at its best yeah and I think you could arguably say the same about Trent's diagonals I think he hit one in like the 88th minute maybe against Brighton or something like that, but it was the first one he tried. And okay, I know Robertson's not there, but you know, I don't think Simicasa's positioning is, is wildly different from, from Robertson's, or at, at that point it was, it was sort of Milner on the pitch. But as you say, those trademarks are even missing. Sort of, so it's mm. Liverpool aren't even doing the things that we know they've been really good at and been really successful at. And you know, whether, that, whether they've decided to tweak the game to. You know, play a different way to and, and move away from that, or try and move away to try to get less of the predictability of, of what they're going to do. But <laughs> equally, what they're doing at the moment isn't working, and those types of things like the, the Van Dyke, you know, the, the, the crossfield balls and stuff like that were, were really important in helping change momentum of the game, switch the game, and and, and change the, the point of attack. So yeah, it, it, as you say, even even the simple things are sort of you are sort of wondering where they've gone and and that might just be a case of they're almost so in their own heads at this point because whatever they're doing is not 
is not going right. So it's it's comfort, it's confidence, isn't it? And and yeah. again, in your in your piece on the tactical element, um, as you quite rightly say this is Liverpool's strongest midfield. I mean, last last season, you know, when we had some injuries, we were saying can't wait for Henderson, Thiago, and Fabinho to be back there because they're as good as anything in the world. But actually, Brighton just saw through those three. Yeah, um, and that that was the most concerning thing because a lot of it this season has been oh well, the midfield's not. You know the the structure's not been right, so that's why teams have been able to get at Liverpool's defence so easily. But now you've got everyone back, and they still did it. They they sort of Trossard and Pascal Gross basically stood either side of Fabinho behind uh, Thiago and Henderson, and because Brighton had two wing backs, they basically occupied Liverpool's full backs, so it left so much space for Gross and Trossard to play. And the amount of times. You know, McAllister or um, would pick up the ball, for example, and and be able to just play beyond Liverpool's midfield was in is even in that those first twenty minutes because Liverpool eventually sort of figured it out and stopped Brighton doing it. The amount of times he did that was, and I think Klopp after the game when it went three two, so this was sort of a different phase of the game, but he sort of he sort of referenced that Liverpool in trying to defend the lead didn't go and sit deep, but they didn't high press either. They were sort of in this no man's land of the middle of the pitch and I think I think that explained it perfectly and it sort of explains Liverpool generally pretty perfectly in that they haven't quite as David said they're not pressing as well as they have in the past and uh, and that I, I did think that was partially down to the midfield and not having the strongest midfield there but then you watch the strongest midfield play and, and they still weren't getting the, the press quite right and but equally they're not the type of side who are going to go and sit deep they're going to want to be on the front foot going to want to try and counter and but then when you're in that no-man's land, you, you're sort of not helping anyone. You know, Brighton's goal comes from Mo Salah putting in a really sort of pointless press, which Adam Webster just nicely steps around really easily and it opens the whole game up. But it, it was a point where you didn't need to go and press because Liverpool weren't in a pressing situation. They were sort of, it, they were sat in and the shape was pretty, pretty good. But then Mo stepped out, Webster stepped round them and then the game opened up and all the spaces then became available. Um, so it's that it's just that type of thing. It's it's just that clarity of thought, and it goes back to that confidence. There's just this hesitation of players unsure what to do. Whereas Liverpool at the best, everyone knew the role, everyone was certain in everything they were going to do, and that's why it always worked because you know everyone was first to anticipating everything. Whereas now Liverpool look like they're reacting to what opposition are doing, and and that, that's never a good thing because that will always put you on the back foot. Right, we've. Go through many of the negatives. You mentioned a couple of positives, so let's maybe extol them. Where would Liverpool be without Allison at the moment, David? I mean, again, it's a three-three. He's conceded three, and yet he was arguably Liverpool's best player in that game. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Steve. You're right. In that first twenty-minute period or so, where, where, where Brighton were absolutely rampant, you're right. You know, when they could have easily been four-five-nil up, you're right. He was just making some some absolute world-class saves. So I suppose that is one crumb. To seize upon the fact that your keeper still switched on, he's still focused, he's doing all that. There, there were questions asked about the um, the, the, the second one. Could he got give his hand to? I, I, I don't know. I think that he, he took it quite early, and and then even you know at before you know as he made a save from Welbeck. I think a three two before they got the, the equaliser. So he was still focused. He was still switched on. I think that's one good thing to take that your keeper is still there. He's still the world class Brazilian that you hope we do. And I, I, I chuck for me to win there as well. So, you know when you're yeah. talking about people who did well because. You can talk about Nunez hasn't done it. You can talk about Mo Salah's having a disappointing campaign so far. Jota's been injured. He's come back. He's still sort of find his feet. But, you know, Firmino's quietly got on with the business of scoring goals for Liverpool. And, you know, he could easily have had a hat-trick too. He had that header at the back post, you know, which he 
with a better, you know, more clinically could have put away, it would have been a hat trick for him. So the, the, there are some crumbs of comfort, but certainly not enough to feed you with any sort of confidence. No. But Bobby, five goals though this season, Liverpool's top scorer. New contract maybe on the cards from Andy at some point, or is, is that still in the balance? I mean, he's certainly going about it the right way from from a personal point of view for himself. Um, I know there's been there was sort of criticism a little bit at the start of the season about some of his performances. I think away at Fulham, for example, and uh, Manchester United again was was another one where he, he sort of struggled to impact the games in the way in, in areas where he didn't he did need them to impact the game. But he he's Liverpool's most informed attacker, I'd say, alongside Diaz. At least he is producing the goods. At least he is scoring goals and. You know, he he is part of if Liverpool hang on uh, to, to that, you know, a three-two win on on Saturday. He's he's the man who's mastermind or been a played a, a huge part in the comeback. And yeah, I think it's certainly something to consider. He's certainly got plenty, you know, still plenty to offer Liverpool, and he's that different option to to the to the other players that they've got in those attacking areas. You know, you never, I don't, think you're gonna find another Bobby Firmino. That's the type of thing. That's the thing. So. You know, it's it's probably worth keeping hold of him because he he is that he is unpredictable. Okay, his goal scoring is not always up to, up to scratch at times compared to where you would want it to be in terms of the amount of production he you know he has. But he started the season scoring goals and and if if it was if they didn't have his goals, you know, especially yes on Saturday, you sort of wonder what scoreline that could have ended up. I guess, but yeah, so I I think there's definitely there's definitely. Um, you know, th- a thought in, in in renewing his contract and, and whether those discussions are taking place, you know, or how far along they are, I'm not quite sure. But I'm sure. I mean, Klopp always talks him talks about him so highly, doesn't he? And how diff, you know, how he's sort of changed the game in terms of the number nine role and, and all that type of stuff. So it, it seems like something that you know you would expect Liverpool to, to at least explore the possibility of, of keeping them around because he is different and. And he can have those games where he's just, you know, unplayable and and, and his and his scoring goals. So, yeah, he, he complements the other four as well. Or you you would hope he with Nunes, for example, who's, who's still fitting in. You know, he's he's going to complement those those types of players. He's he's about as different as Nunes as you could properly get, isn't he? Liverpool invested so heavily in Darwin Nunes, and I understand that argument saying it's a gradual acclimatization. Um, I, I get that, but then you you know you just look down the M62 and look at what Erling Haaland's doing, and you and you think you need a player for here and now. And if you're spending that sort of money, I think there's a lot of fans thinking, "How's this guy on the bench until eighty odd minutes, David?" Well, you know what? Where's the thought process here? Yeah, I know this sounds counterintuitive, but you have to just forget about Haaland because I know Haaland's even younger, bizarre, but Haaland's been banging the go- was banging the goals in for Molde before he even went to. To Salzburg and then obviously on to, to Dortmund so he's been doing that at a, at a higher level for longer as if you look at Darwin Nunez it was really that he did very 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 well for Benfica but he hasn't been doing like Han he hasn't been banging the goals in sort of three four seasons in a row now so I think in his development he's behind Han now there's questions about the step up from Portuguese football to you know to, to Premier League and listen it, it can't it can't take time you know Bernardo Silva took time to just when he stepped up from you know, to when he went to Manchester City. And like the guy is only 23, so I think you just have to... Look, there's no, there is no op- other option here but to be patient. You know, you can't suddenly turn around and say, all right, get rid of Nunez, you know, because you, you'd have to try... You, what are you going to get from him now? You wouldn't be able to sell him to, to the summer. You'd have to take a massive hit. So you have to stick with him. 
and, and, and have faith in Klopp and the coaches that they can, you know, sort of mould off the rough edges, get them up to speed in the Premier League, just instill into what you want to do. And again, you feel a bit sorry for the fellow because you're trying to integrate him into a Liverpool team, which we've just been discussing, which is almost like suffering a, a, a collective nervous breakdown again, where they've just lost all confidence in themselves and they've stopped playing the way that they play. And you're almost saying, off you go, son, go and score a goal a day and rescue the situation or get us two or three here. And so he's finding it quite difficult. And then, he started okay, of course. You know the goal, you know the charity seed goal assist against Fulham. Of course, is that you go back to that red card against um, you know Palace, which is such a stupid thing, really. But yeah, I suppose he's naive. He's he's learning the ways of the Premier League, and you know that that three match ban really, really set back his development so much. And then when he comes back, you know Liverpool are in a, in a in a bit of a state, and you know they're struggling for confidence. And you sort of look at him, can you go and do it? And and now Klopp's sort of thinking, do you stick or twist with them? Do you, do you just start him in games and just try and play him through this, or, or do you try and ease him on from the bench and give him cameo roles and sort of gradually build up his his, his confidence and match fitness? And it's just it's really really difficult. But, but I say all anyone can do is just stick with it and and be patient. As I say. We've got all these games now between now and the break for the World Cup, so you'd like to think there'd be enough opportunities for him to, to show what he can do. And I say the lad is only 23, so, you know, stick it with him for, for, for the long term. I don't think anyone needs to start talking about, oh, he's another Andy Carroll or something like that. Just, you know, that's just, you know, you know, forget when, when Bobby first came in, you know, when he was signed in 2015, there was that, well, what is he? You know, because we know at the time Rogers wasn't fussed, the owners were... They knew what they could do with him, but he didn't seem to know what to do with him. And again, there's a little bit, you know, he took time to settle. It was only when Jurgen came in then later on that season and it sort of all clicked and, you know, off, off he went. So I think just patience, it's all we can do. Be patient with the fella. We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn. So it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like Arnie Slot, probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Right, obviously, um, a point against Brighton probably not good enough. But the next couple of games, considering Liverpool aren't keeping clean sheets, become a little bit concerning, league-wise, that is. We'll talk Rangers in just a moment. But Arsenal and Man City coming up, Andy. Um, and, well, I suppose, in a way, a good performance against Rangers might just tune them up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got that sort of, uh, I guess, dress rehearsal in a way to sort of try and put some of the problems right uh you know sort of right some of the wrongs that but yeah it, it's um it's not the ideal two fixes that you want considering you look so you're so sort of i guess well you're lacking in so much confidence and then you watch manchester city and what they did to manchester united yesterday i don't know the scoreline sort of then it sort of flatters united in the end but the way manchester city went about it and the, the quality they've got and liverpool are giving up chances at the moment and i mean Danny Welbeck had a couple of really good opportunities in and around six-yard box and didn't score. If that's Erlen Haaland, 
he's scoring. So, um, yeah, it's, there are concerning aspects to it. I mean, Arsenal are flying at the moment. I know, you know they had the separate hangings Manchester United, but in a way, you're just sort of trying to, I guess, trying to escape some positive. These games might benefit Liverpool in the sense that it's, it's an opportunity to go toe-to-toe with, with a team. You know, a lot of them this season... While teams have, have come on to Liverpool and been a bit more expansive and a bit more, you know, open about you know about the way they've gone about it and attacked them. Equally, Liverpool are still the ones dominating the ball and teams are looking to counter attack and and that type of thing. Whereas, you know, the these type of games, you know, they're a little bit different in terms of Liverpool generally have been very good against Arsenal and, and the Man City game has, you know, always produced classics basically or, or generally has anyway, especially especially at Anfield. Um, so you sort of, in a in a positive spin, you can sort of look at it that way. But equally, when you watch, <laughs> when you just think about the twenty minutes against Brighton in the first half, and you think, well, if Brighton can do that, what about when Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva are occupying those half spaces that Pascal Gross and Leandro Trossard did, um, and then suddenly you you sort of fear in the worst. So yeah, it's it's they're coming at a really bad time. Liverpool Liverpool could do with. Another Bournemouth game, basically, um, but you're not going to get any of them really uh, for the rest of the season. But it's a challenge, and it's one that they need to embrace, and they need to just sort of, okay, this is this is our situation, this is our reality. Let's whether that means they, they try and change shape, try and do something a bit different, try and surprise the opposition instead of being surprised themselves, and then hope for the best. But yeah, as you say, Rangers gives them an opportunity to try and sort of set out a plan which they can take forward into into those two games because there's a world where Liverpool are still sitting on 10 points in two more games time and suddenly it's like the gap to the top four teams is suddenly I mean it's it's getting big at the moment to, to some of them um, I mean Tottenham have sort of sneaked up to 17 points without playing well and you want you know if they start playing well you know they're going to build that that advantage Chelsea are sort of grinding out the results United I know they, you know there was a setback for them but you know, they look like Tenag looks like he's found a way of sort of getting them results as well. And then you know, if you're not if you're not taking points out of the next two games in the league, then suddenly that you've got a lot of catching up to do. And you know, if you, if you do lose these two, confidence is going to be you know if it's on the floor now, it's going to be in the basement. So yeah, it's it's two massive games, and and they need to use the Rangers, and they need the Rangers game, and it needs to be a positive performance to so just give them something to to build on a little bit like the Ajax game, but they'll actually be able to play again uh, and hopefully take some momentum into it. I'm not writing off the season, but I've, I've almost gone back to 2005 in my head, David. I'm thinking, all right, if we finish fourth or fifth, let's hope we end the season in Istanbul. Uh, okay, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. If you want to cling to that, that's fine. But, uh, you, you, know, it's, you must be looking it's... forward to Rangers. Come on. I, I, you're yes. still, still looking forward to that as an occasion. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Let, 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 let's be a bit more positive. But, you know, let, let, like Rangers, it, it's going to be a wonderful spectacle on Tuesday night, you know, when Rangers come, you know, down for the first ever competitive meet between the sides. And it's hard to think, bearing in mind, the sort of, the players that we've shared with each other and the the common experience really, but it, it, it you know it's, it should be a good game. Like it, it's it's weird. I was just looking at Rangers there, and like you know I know Kolak's got like eleven fourteens, but banging the goals. And but but really, what are they? Would they be a championship side? You know, would they what would they be a mid table championship side, something like that? There maybe top 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 of the cha- you know if they were playing in England, really. Because you look through the team of people like like Ryan Kent and like you know he didn't make it Liverpool, John Lundstrom. You know, from Sheffield, you know, they're not. Tom Lawrence used to be at Derby and stuff. You know, even even Cole, like, like he's twenty nine. He's been around everywhere. You know, and he's sort of he's found his, his niche at sort of Scotland. So really, 
Liverpool should should do do okay in this, but of course we all know the pitfalls. It'll it'll be like an English Cup tie. They'll come down here. They'll be absolutely pumped up. It'll be Bannockburn, Braveheart, Stirling Bridge, you name it, all that there. And if Liverpool aren't up for the up for the the fight and the challenge, it could be a really awkward awkward night because we know what they'll want to do. They'll want to make it a battle. They'll want to bring Liverpool down there. Allow them make it this real scrap. So Liverpool are first going to win that fight win that battle and then hopefully hopefully their superior football will, will tell out and then they should win but they're going to have to earn it guys you've been fabulous as always thank you very much uh, check out Andy's piece on The Athletic uh, right now thank you to David Anderson from The Mirror as well uh, thank you to you for listening to The Red Agenda and fingers crossed we'll have a bit more positivity after the Rangers game we'll see you then